5AA Nights with Matthew Pantelis. Around this time we have a chat with carexpert.com.au and Scott Colley is on the line from uh, that esteemed organisation. Hello, Scott. Hello, Matthew. How are you? All right, thank you. Let's talk uh, Mercedes-Benz and their autonomous parking system has been uh, approved, uh, manufactured with Bosch. So tell me about the self-parking car. This has been around for a while, hasn't it, or is this different? It's a little bit different. This technology goes a step further than what we've kind of seen previously. A lot of cars, all the way from Kia through to Mercedes-Benz, will let you pull up next to a parking spot, press a button, and they'll handle the steering and and pull you in and let you do a, a rock star park, essentially, in front of a busy cafe or restaurant. Um, But the new Mercedes system, which has just been approved for commercial use in Germany, if you've got the right car, will let you pull up to an airport car park, hop out of the car and press a button on your phone, and the car will then drive itself to the parking spot. Uh, And when you come back after your flight, you press a button on your phone again, and the car will drive itself back, essentially, and pick you up. So it's designed to save you time, for one, but also to show what you can do with a very clever car and then some very clever sensors from Bosch working together. Right. So the sensors need to be in the road, obviously, for the car to be guided by them. Yeah, exactly. They're they're essentially a safety precaution um, and they also let the car know which parking space is free and and allow the system to reserve it. Theoretically, the car does have technology on board to drive its way through the parking lot without the sensors talking to it, but with anything autonomous and with anything car-related, safety is kind of the top priority. Yeah. So um, this system will essentially scan the parking garage and if there's anything coming through, it'll wait. And then when the coast is clear and there's nothing or no one around to hit, it will guide the car out. And the sensors built into the road and the parking spots are always talking to the systems within the car so that the car knows what the parking garage is doing and the garage knows what the car is doing, which I realise sounds ridiculous when I say it out loud. Yeah. Until something gets hacked and then it's game on. (laughs) Yeah, it's a bit of a worry in the automotive world. And car makers are talking more and more about cybersecurity along with crash safety and autonomous driving safety. Because there was actually a really interesting experiment in the States a couple of years ago when Wired magazine had someone remotely hack into and disable a completely normal functioning car um, from miles away sitting in a computer lab, basically. So... Um, as cars become more connected and, you know, the internet plays a bigger role in allowing for updates and, you know, making sure you've got live traffic and that sort of thing, it opens up new ways people get into the car. Mm. Um, And there's no sort of clear answer about what the perfect solution looks like. It's not like you can just download Mercedes antivirus and and trust that to work. Yeah, that's right. Exactly right. And and I suppose the other obvious question, if somebody steps out from behind a pillar as the car's making its way, do, do the sensors know someone is there? The assumption is yes. Um, <laughs> yes. That's not, even that's if not the most not... confident answer, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I'm not going to be volunteering to yeah, step out. Yeah. Um, even if you're not in a parking garage like that, the, the Mercedes cars that are involved in this program are capable of, of stopping automatically. Um, the EQS, which is essentially the flashiest electric Mercedes-Benz you can buy, will automatically break if it detects a hazard between 0 and 210 kilometres an hour. So even without a constant feed of information going on, the car has a camera and a radar sensor on the front, and if it detects something darting out, it'll slam the brakes on. So Mm. it's a really hard thing for humans to trust 
the robots behind the wheel. Yeah. Um, but I do think in this case, given the car's going walking speed and there are so many redundancies built in, uh, you're, you're probably going to be okay. Yeah, although it sounds also that you might be quicker just walking to the car park and picking it up, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Now, while we're on the issue of Mercs, they're offering subscriptions to basically make cars go faster. Yeah, it's a crazy concept, isn't it? I yeah. don't know about you, but I don't love the idea of having to pay per month for a more powerful car. No. Um, but yeah, in the US, and this is something that Mercedes hasn't confirmed is coming to Australia yet, the way that our model range looks is a little bit different. But in the States, you can now pay essentially the equivalent of 2000 Australian dollars a year to unlock an extra 45 kilowatts of power um, and make your car about half a second faster from zero to 100 k's an hour. Um, it's called the acceleration increase. And Mercedes says that it's, it uses fine-tuning the electric motors Essentially, you put your credit card details in and then a service somewhere in the States tells the car to unleash all of the horsepower rather than holding some back with software. Um, it's something we're going to see more and more of, though. Uh, already in Australia, BMW now allows you to pay per month for the heated seats in your X1. Um, and more brands are looking at it as a way to essentially control more of the money that's spent on a car throughout its life and, and to stay involved in in owners' lives beyond just when they rock back up for a service every 12 months. Yeah, so that's um, this is their way, obviously, of uh, with electric cars coming up and presumably uh, fewer servicing costs incurred as a result of that. This is their way of making a little bit of money back, isn't it, clearly? Absolutely. Um, and it, I think it's something that exactly what form it's going to take going forward isn't quite clear because mm. it's a really good idea for the car makers, but... Ultimately, people, I think, are already very suspicious of the concept, whether yeah. we cover it on Car Expert. And I have, I have no doubt if you would open up the, the lines to, to people, now they'll probably tell you what they think of it as well. But mm. the reaction is overwhelmingly negative. Of course because it is. already there's a feeling that we have too many subscriptions going on and that kind of the things we own we don't really own because you've got to pay every month to keep them going. And yeah. the car has always been separate from that. It's such a big purchase. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see a version of what Mercedes-Benz is offering continue on. But I think also there's going to be a little bit of experimentation from car makers to work out exactly what people are willing to bear going forward. Well, really, why should we bear anything when you've forked out, I don't know, 60 grand, 50 for a decent family-sized car? Not a Merc necessarily, but a, a Kia or a Hyundai or whatever. And uh, and then they want more to make the car go faster, for goodness sake. I mean, and, and really, you'd have to, even a, a Mercedes owner who can probably afford the two grand, what is it, a, a year? Yeah, two grand a year to mm. shave one second off the sprint time. I mean, you've got to be nuts to hand that over in any case. I, I think you'd have to be a little bit crazy to do it. Yeah. Um, I also, I mean, I find it incredible that it's these European luxury brands that are leading the way with this because you say $60,000 for a Hyundai or a Kia, but in Australia, the only version of the Mercedes that has this acceleration upgrade going on in the States has a starting price above $300,000. Yeah, right. Um, Is that a, so, not enough for them to make the car go fast, for goodness sake? <laughs> Maybe someone at Mercedes is getting paid far too well. I'm not sure yeah. what's going on there. That's unreal. All right. Uh, Lancia are going EV only by 2028 with three new models. 
I'm not sure. Are you a, a fan of rallying by any chance, Matt? Of who? Sorry? Of, of rallying, off-road racing. Oh, rallying. Um, I'm, I don't go out of my way for it, but if it happens to be on telly, I can watch it a bit, yeah. So Lancia is one of those brands that if you if you were to talk to most people on the street about it, they'd go, oh, sure, I've heard of that before. But if you're a motorsports fan, it, it really kind of means a lot because in the golden age of rallying in the 1980s, Lancia had some of the most incredible and some of the least reliable and unsafest rally cars that have ever existed. Um, the Stratos in particular is a little two-door coupe and it it looks like a little wedge on wheels, but it was unbelievably fast and there's been countless people try to bring it back in different versions since because it is such a motorsports icon. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, since the 80s, Lancia has kind of essentially fallen off the pace. Um, it only has one car at the moment and it only sells it in Italy. Mm. Um, but finally, it's got a vision for the future. So it's going to be electric only by 2028. It's going to have three new models and... Uh, it's also released a, I want to say concept car, but it's not quite that. It kind of looks like a computer mouse, but it's essentially a, <laughs> a floating sculpture that's going to inspire details on the next car that it actually reveals. Right. Um, and there's some really cool touches there that if you are a bit of a car nerd, you'll love. It's got, you know, beautiful, simple round tail lights and what looks like the classic Lancia badge across the back of it. Um, the cars obviously aren't going to look or sound like those legendary 80s rally cars, mm. but if they can bring a little bit of that cool into the modern stuff, it's going to be really interesting to see if Lancia can build some momentum again. Have we had them here in Australia, Lancias? Uh, very briefly. Uh, and they're of that era of Italian cars that, even though they were in Australia, the majority of them are now probably not in Australia. You could pack them into a bucket and, <laughs> um, and, and get rid of them that way. They, they're quite prone to falling apart or to rusting, unfortunately. Um, what, a, what, but, a, what a great investment. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's, uh, it's a different type of subscription. This one will vanish in a different way to the Mercedes yes. power upgrade. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are beautiful cars, and they've got very passionate owners, the ones who do still have them rolling. I'm sure they are. They were being Italian-made and all that, uh, Italian car owners tend to be a passionate lot, I've got to say, from experience. But uh, there we are. All right. Um, Scott, thank you so much for all of that. Look forward to uh, see who wants to fork out a couple of grand a year for uh, a car that gets you to a red light just that little bit quicker in the Mercedes. <laughs> but anyway, thank, thank you, Scott. Really appreciate it. Thanks very much, Matthew. Scott Colley there, carexpert.com.au on uh, some of the, uh, the things happening in the motoring world at the moment. 5AA Nights with Matthew Pantelis.